Hey, y'all. It's Tanaya and Mitchell here. Yo, yo. And welcome to the Hargate Halftime. So I want to pose a question to our listeners. Have any of you ever felt um, the need to want to belong to someone or something or the need to have be included in something, you know, didn't want to be left out of something? Think about that. On this episode, tonight and I will take a deep dive into what it means to be needed or wanted by someone or something, where the root of that issue comes from, and how to prevent it. So tonight, I know you posed a question at the beginning of the podcast. Have you ever felt needed or wanted? You need me. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, yes, I have felt like I wanted to be needed by some one people, family. Yes, I have. Okay. Um, I think that's fair for everyone to say that they have, but the real issue with that is finding out why or where that comes from. For me, feeling the need to be wanted or needed came from the childhood of always being a part of a team Mm -hmm. and always playing on a sports team, um, always having my family around me. So when it was just me, it was just like, you know, I'm used to always being with someone that I need. I need something. I need to be a part of something. I need to feel like I'm wanted um, instead of just sometimes just being still and being by myself. Okay. Um, I think, wow, this is so funny. We planned this episode and like things are coming into my head as we're talking, as we're recording. I think for me, I think the childhood, I think the, the childhood piece of wanting to be needed for me comes from, so I was, I'm an only child by my mom. So my parents just had me. So I think in a way I can attribute the fact of wanting to be needed by people or wanting to be accepted and liked by people um, comes from or came from the fact that I was the fact that I was an only child from the fact that I was an only child. Um, You know, I, too, played on like teams. You know, I was a cheerleader. I played soccer, softball. (laughs) Talk about that. That was a disaster. disaster. (laughs) Um, So I definitely think that. That was definitely a factor, you know, being an only child. But I also think, too, I discovered the, for me, the also wanting to feel like I'm needed and valued also actually uh, came from my parents' divorce in a way that, you know, I couldn't do anything to keep them together, which would keep our family together, so that outwardly I expressed that by trying to, you know, keep other relationships and friendships together, if that makes sense. So is this something that you always knew, or is this something that just kind of manifested itself um, from the topic of this podcast? Because for me, I never knew or I never really thought that I wanted to be a part of something because I'm a true introvert. So I think, oh, like I can just be in the house by myself. No, 
in actuality, um, I've always wanted to be a part of something. And it really didn't come up until I was here by myself for those two years before mm. we got married. Okay. Um, and then it actually, you know, when we started talking about the topic this past week, I was just like, oh, okay, this is where it came from of, you know, always been a part of something growing up. So like, like I said, is that something that you kind of always knew or did you not learn this into your adulthood? Honestly, for me, I think it's a combination of both. I think it, for me, it really came to a head for realizing how much I wanted to be included and needed and wanted came in high school with friends. Like, so let me give you this example. So I ran with friends at a different high school. Like I had a few friends at the high school that I attended, but I had a big group of friends that I ran with at a different high school. So I had my license and I was driving the Explorer, my mom's truck. Like that was the car that I drove to school. You know, when I went out, that was the car. So for me, my way of feeling wanted and needed and, you know, liked and all of that was, you know, the friends would be like, oh, who's going to drive when we go out or if we go to this party or if we're getting together, who's driving? And they would volunteer me to drive. And, you know, because I wanted to feel like I belonged and, you know, feel accepted by my friends, I would be like, okay, I'll drive every time. Every time I would drive. So you were just a friend that had the license that everybody kind of jumped in a car with and drove around with? Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, everybody had licenses, but I had the biggest car and I was just that nice of a person. I mean, I still am, but I was just that person that they knew they could ask me and I would say yes. And they knew I wouldn't say no because, well, I don't think they knew that part, but I knew if I don't say yes, I could potentially lose these friends. So in order for me to keep it together, hence not being able to keep, you know, my parents together, which of course I know that has nothing to do with me, but in the spirit of keeping something together and not letting it fall apart, I did my duty by saying, Tanaya, can you drive? Yeah, I can drive. I don't mind. That was every time. Never failed. I do think that it has manifested itself, you know, more recent, more currently, like and as an adult, you know, even in college, I didn't have my car, but still, you know, doing things and, um, being a part of things like I, I still wanted that to be, to feel like I belong and to feel wanted by people. Okay. So it sounds like for you, you were able to find the root of wanting to be a part of something or be wanted by someone early. Um, so you were able to, well, you knew the root, I'm assuming. Did you treat the root of the problem? To be honest, let me say this. I didn't identify the root. I had a teacher in high school who identified the root for me um, because of a relationship that I was in and there were problems that were going on. And he was like, I think that you're, you're doing this and you're you're trying to keep this together because you couldn't keep your parents together. And I was like, oh, snap. Why are you reading me right now? <laughs> so I carried that with me, but it didn't change anything. It still played itself out in college. I didn't try to 
treat the no, I didn't try to treat the root. I kind of was just like, oh, okay, I know what it is. I'm self-aware, but that doesn't matter. I'm still going to continue to try to hold on to things and keep things together. And I still want people to feel like they need me and I, I need them. That's interesting that you said that, that someone identified the root for you. Um, I don't, like I said, I never really realized the root, but I did have someone identify what I needed to do to grow within myself. And they just simply told me, they said, you know, you need to be alone. And this happened in college. like, you need to be alone and you need to stop doing what you're doing or you're never going to be happy. And I was just like, um, you don't know me. Why you, but, but ultimately they were, they were hundred percent correct. Um, so I think that's one thing that we do now or people do a lot now is you may know the root cause, but you don't want to address the root cause. So you keep addressing the symptoms um, or treating the symptoms. And for an example, like the root cause for Tanaya was her parents. The root cause for me was, um, you know, being a part of a team or um, constantly always being with someone. Um, Everyone's root is different. But I also feel like some of the symptoms that we deal with, especially in this day and age, um, is the same. So I have one example. I think tonight you have a few. Um, For me, it was, like I said, constantly wanting to be with someone. So that was whether it was in and out of relationships with other women or, you know, constantly looking for a friend to be with. Um, That was a big one for me is just always wanting to be with someone, especially when it came to a woman when I was in college. I, I, I just always had to have one. And that's when I was finally told, you need to be by, be by yourself um, and figure out what's going on. That's interesting. Um, we actually share that um, common denominator as well as far as like in and out of relationships. I'm going to just go ahead and be raw and unfiltered. <laughs> raw. <laughs> Sorry. Um, as far as I, in college, I, what's the best way to say this? I took part in adult activities. You were an adult. Yes. Well, I thought I was an adult, you know, sex. So for me, like, For me to feel wanted, you know, I was doing that in hopes of what? Getting a relationship out of it. Did I ever get a relationship out of any of those sexual encounters that I had? No. So that right there was, okay, I'm doing this because I want somebody to want me and I want to feel needed when I wasn't doing any, in reality, I wasn't doing anything but digging myself in a deeper hole. You know, self-plunging because... Every time it happened, you know, I would go into it expecting, okay, one of these days, this root issue is going to be mended because I'm going to be able to have a relationship with someone who's not going to leave me or we're not going to, you know, have these disagreements and decide to go our separate ways. You found me. Yes, I did find you. Love of my life. So for me... I guess I express mine a little differently, but I also 
on the same note, also with friends too, you know, like I was always, you know, like, don't leave me out. What are y'all talking about? I want to go like da, 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 you know? So I was always trying to find a way to fit in, always trying to find a way to be accepted, to feel, you know, like I belong to someone or something or a group of people. So my trauma manifested itself into who? Wow. And I want to, I want to piggyback on that. It's funny that you said that you were in sexual relationships with hopes of being in a relationship more than just sexual. For me, it was a complete opposite. Like it was like sexual relationship. Like that's it. If that's all it, that's, if that's all that I can get out of this, that's fine. Um, and like I said, going back again, that's when I, that's when that person was just like, you're never going to find anybody if you keep doing this. Like you are just going in this circle. You need to chill out. And I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, But she was ultimately right. Like until that happened, until I realized what, what I was doing, um, I was running myself rugged, trying to keep up with the Joneses per se, and just do, do what I thought was right at the time. Um, so it's funny that we both share that, um, but for, I didn't know that. for every, you ain't supposed to know everything, wow. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for other people, um, some of your symptoms may be, um, social media clout, you know, what you do on social media, you're, you're looking for the likes, you're looking for the comments, um, validation from people that you may not even know. Um, so yeah. I, we challenge you to look at yourself and say, you know, what are my symptoms? And am I just trying to put a Band-Aid over it and hope hope that the wound stays closed for a few days? Or am I going to go back and address the root? Um, a few weeks ago, our pastor here in Louisville had a sermon, and it, it had nothing to do with this. It was about something completely different. But he was talking about the root versus the fruit. And he was basically saying the tree, you have a tree, and it has its root. And you can continue to pick that bad fruit off that tree. And it's going to always be bad because that's the tree. You want to get rid of the tree? What do you have to do? You have to dig up the roots and you have to get rid of the tree. That's the only way that you can get rid of it. That's a word. So for everyone, (laughs) until you get rid of that root, you're going to keep bearing that fruit. And that fruit is not good for you. Say that. Okay. Get us all the way together. So I'm going to say this, and this is me actually, I actually think that I'm still kind of struggling with this today. And I say that as far as social media, and this is before the podcast, I would find myself like, you know, you know, posting something on social media, a picture or a story. And I'm like constantly checking, okay, who who is viewing my my picture? Who is viewing my post? Who's liking my post? Who's commenting on my post? Another form of, you know, wanting to feel like people are seeing me and that they're noticing me. So I think, shoot, I might still have some more uh root pulling to do because I I see that, you know, from time to time. I I mean I, I'm self-aware. Like I know I do it you know, but I think I might need to address that issue because like I said, I find myself being like, okay, what can I post to make people want to talk to me or make people want to 
comment on my post or whatever the case is. So I think I have a little bit more pruning of the roots for myself to do in that aspect. Um, it's nothing. It's nothing wrong with that. But just always remember that you know, I we truly believe that God puts you on this earth for a reason, for someone, for a group of friends, um, and. If you have not found that person, if you haven't found that group of friends, they're out there. Um, you just have to be patient um, and just do what you're do what you're supposed to do. And I think that I know that at one at some point you're going to find that person, or you're going to find that group of friends, or you're going to find that calling. Um, and this can this stems way out of relationships. This goes into you know your job or you know where you feel like you should be working or what you feel like you should be doing or trying to appease upper management. Um, you know, it goes, it, it just stretches so far than just personal relationships with friends or with sexual partners. Um, it's, it's actually everything that you do in, in day-to-day life, in, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think too, you know, when you talking, when you spoke on addressing the root versus the fruit, I think if you're not careful about addressing your root, it's going to, seep over, you know, like Mitchell said, it it will seep over into your relationships. It'll seep over into your friendships. It'll seep over, seep over into your work life. Hence why I say, you know, from my parents' divorce, I did everything in my power with relationships, with friendships, with work, anything under the sun. I, I wanted to fill that void with, you know, trying to keep everything together. I didn't want anything to fall apart. So I feel like when I don't, when I wasn't getting the validation or, you know, what I was looking for out of a sexual relationship or something, it was like, I'm digging myself. I'm not doing anything but producing more bad fruit because I haven't addressed the issue. I know what the issue is. I know, but I'm just like, I'm I'm going through the motions with the symptoms and the fruit. I'm not doing anything to, you know, uproot and replant. Mm. So you're saying that you had too much fruit on a tree. Hear me out. You had too much fruit on a tree. You couldn't catch them all. And fruit was Got falling it. on the ground and creating other trees. Mm. Mm. Wow. So now you have too, multi- many, too many trees. Too many trees. And you got to address the root. On, on all the, of them. On all of them. Well, really, the first one. But really. had you addressed the fruit on the first one, yeah. you wouldn't have those other problems. I wouldn't. So now yeah. I got to get rid of all this bad fruit on top of uprooting this bad tree um, to plant a new tree that is. It's going to bear you good fruit. Yeah. And then you let that fruit drop on the ground. Yes. Okay. I'm going to have a whole forest out here. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. This is. This is good. This is like therapy in itself. Like recording the episode is, this is just like digging into the roots itself right here. Um, So I think that that's good within itself. Anything else that you? Um, Yeah. So I wanted to kind of give some advice on what to do when you feel like you're not wanted. Um, First, I feel like everyone is wanted by someone. But just because you're wanted by someone doesn't mean that that's the right person that should desire your time. Um, I can tell you who wants you. Who? And his name is Jesus. Okay. If anybody 
If you have to question if people want you or not, one person that will always want you and that will always chase you is Jesus. Okay? Yep. So make sure you're, you know, standing your word and praying, um, going back to kind of tonight's segue, but rewinding, make sure you know your worth. Like I said, everyone that desires your time or, you know, desires your energy um, isn't deserving of it. Mm. Um, Say that again. While you're, while you're by yourself, take time to work on yourself. I think that's part of knowing your worth, um, being able to grow, um, evolve and build. Because you can't, you can't be a part of something if you don't know yourself. That is true. So a big part of making a relationship work, whether it's a sexual relationship or a friendship, is knowing yourself and knowing what you bring to the table. Mm. Um, also, to combat those things, seek counsel, therapy. Um we know, you know, within the black community, I think we've touched on this before too, like in the black community, men, women, you know, we, there's this like stigma with going to therapy or seeking counsel. It is okay. Like it doesn't make you any less of a person. It doesn't make you any weaker. Um, if anything, it's helping you to identify those areas of weakness to make you stronger. Um, so I would say, you know, do your research on therapists. Um, seek counsel. Talk to your pastor or, you know, talk to some a friend or somebody that is unbiased that, you know, that, that you can unpack that stuff. Unpacking is so crucial because when you unpack things, that's when you really get to the, the root, the root of the issue. Past the symptoms, past the fruit, you can get to the actual root when you unpack, you know, what it is, the the past trauma or the manifesting or whatever the case is that you've done. Like, that is key. Um, Again, pray, you know, take time to spend time with God in his word. You know, there are Bible plans that you can complete, you know, talk with your pastor, um, just Spend that time with God because again, I'm I'll say I'm gonna say it. When you when you feel like nobody wants you or nobody has time for you or nobody is hitting you up like you want them to, there's one person who is always looking to speak to you. That this there, if anybody is not chasing you, there is one person that will always chase after you, and that is God, Jesus, okay? Always chasing after you. There is a song. Mm. Okay, I'm not even going to go down that road, but just know that at the end of the day, call on Jesus, pray, and he will be there and he will give you that comfort, that acceptance, and that that he can fill that void that you may have. Definitely. Definitely. Anything else you got? Um, no, I don't. All right. Well, I want to close off by saying um continue to be safe. Um, we know right now we're dealing with a pandemic, two pandemics, um, police brutality and COVID-19. So just continue to be safe, continue to be vigilant, continue to pray, yes. um, continue to check on your your neighbors, your friends, your family. Um, like Tanaya just spoke on, mental health is very important, especially during this, these times. So just make sure your mental health is um, sharp. Make sure that you are pouring into yourself so that you can pour into others. So, yes, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes, that is that is 100% true. So make sure you're taking time for yourself, um, but also spending time with, with family and friends in a safe manner. 
Um, <clears throat> so with that being said, um, thanks for tuning in to episode four um, of the Hargate Halftime, and we will see you all next week. Peace.